All right. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is Pope, and I'm with Ghostbody, and uh, I haven't recorded a podcast in a really long time, so that sounded really awkward <laughs> and weird. <laughs> the other thing about it is that I'm actually on a different microphone. My microphone decided that it uh, it wanted to die, and it wanted to spend the new year. Maybe it's still hungover from the new year. Maybe that's it. Um, either way, uh, so if I sound a little bit weird, it's those two factors. Um, so uh, besides that, it's January 2nd right now, man. It's January 2nd, 2022. It is, uh, or as it will become to known, um, it is exactly two days or maybe three days, AB, okay? So not AD, AB, uh, which is, of course, after Betty. Um, because Betty White unfortunately died a few days ago, um, just shy of her hundredth birthday. And, uh, as a huge fan of Betty White, um, I, me and Tatiana both are huge fans. Um, I, that one hurt, man. Betty White is like, like, cause Betty White's kind of a meme, right? She's like, kind of like one of those people that everybody claims to like, but listen, if you haven't seen her music video for I'm still hot, you're not a true Betty White fan. Okay. So <laughs> go watch that video. It's her surrounded by hot guys. And uh, it's uh, it's absolutely wonderful because she fits right in with all of these really hot guys. Um, Ghost, were you a big Betty White fan? Did you did you like her stuff? Yeah, I liked her stuff. Like, like I think it was the movie Lakeview Terrace was really, really good. And also the like one of her more profane performances, which was just grand to watch. Um I didn't really, like, have the highest level of attachment that a lot of people did to her. Because, I mean, I watched Golden Girls when I was younger. And I watched a bunch of other stuff that she had involvement in. But I always have this, like, weird, like, non-parasocial relationship to celebrities as a whole. So, like, I always end up keeping it pushed back a little bit. So it is what it is. But hold on just one second. So while he's doing that, I can say that I actually... I get where he's coming from. Because he's... Because the thing is, is that uh, it's uh, celebrities, you don't really know them. Like, I didn't know Betty White, you know what I mean? I didn't know Dimebag Daryl. I didn't know any of those people. And so when when somebody dies and it hurts like that and it's a celebrity, it's kind of a little bit weird because it's almost like superimposing this personality on them as if you knew them or as if they would know if you died or care if you died. And that is a weird phenomenon. I agree. Yeah, but I, like, once again, I can respect why people had such a looked up to her so much because, like, she kind of stayed her lane, paid it, did minded her own business, pretty much loved everybody from multiple reports from multiple people. And, like, was kind of one of the celebrities that didn't go about doing really dumb shit and, like, entered their fuck around and find out era. Like they didn't, there was no find out when it came to her from what every from what everyone appears to have said before she was dead, which is kind of the ones that's kind of important in order to pay attention to, because yeah. everybody will be have like extreme niceties whenever someone dies, and then like a bit after the fact things will end up t- tempering off, and you may find out some stuff. But throughout the entirety of her line of work, you didn't really hear any like bad things about like oh she was horribly whatever backstage or like a diva or something like that just even like a person that was just kind of yeah i'm I'm doing this acting thing i was I, I i was am and continue to be hot so it is what it is <laughs> um but yeah it's just kind of like i just it's, it's really weird because i was like pretty much any kind of rolling slightly on myself about this I always have, like, a really weird relationship with media as a whole because, like, while involved in it and, like, learning a lot about whatever media it is or people or celebrities or whatever, um, there's always this, like, weird degree of detachment that I have that a lot of people I know apparently don't where pretty much anything I can kind of just take it or leave it. (laughs) That's actually – that's not weird, Ghost. That's a strength. That's a good thing. And the reason is because – way too many people take shit way too seriously mm-hmm. and so like uh obviously exempting situations where people that you admire die um that's that sucks <clears throat> and it just sucks on a human level not just on a yeah. celebrity level um but exempting that 
uh, situations where people uh, feel ownership of stuff that maybe they have no ownership in because they're like a, you know, quote unquote super fan or mm-hmm. they, you know, like all that good stuff. Um, I talk to, you know, I, I surprisingly have friends and I talk to them sometimes. And one thing that's interesting is uh, we'll talk about stuff that they like, but they'll always say the same thing. I really like Steven Universe, but I hate the fandom. I really like My Little Pony, but I hate the fandom. I really like Star Wars, but I can't stand the fandom. And the reason is because fandoms are essentially groups of entitled fans that are just way too fucking invested. And so I like I like that. I like what you're talking about because it's like you enjoy it, but you're not like obsessing over it. You know, huh. you're not sending to my knowledge, you're not sending, you know, death threats to Miyazaki because the next Miyazaki movie isn't exactly what you wanted it to be or envisioned it in your head. I think a lot of the I think a lot of these people could watch should watch Misery, the Stephen King movie. Mm-hmm. They and, they really do. They really need to watch that because that was a that's a that's kind of like a fictional case study of this is what you look like right now. Hell yeah, and it's it's it doesn't. The worst part is it doesn't help anybody. It doesn't no. do any benefit. It doesn't make the artist that you're talking about more willing to do something. In fact, a lot of cases it makes them scared for their lives and they don't mm-hmm. make public appearances because people. You know, didn't like the season eight of Game of Thrones, which is fair, but sending death threats to George R. R. Martin over it isn't productive. Not and, uh, that he didn't even have anything to do with that one because the motherfucker hasn't written a book since like 2014. <laughs> I know, right? It's a shame. Uh, I actually saw an article that really made me laugh. Um, me and Braylon talk about G- uh, George R. R. Martin all the time because I'm mm-hmm. a huge fan of uh, Game of Thrones and some of his other writing. If you guys yeah. want to read a cool George R. R. Martin book that is a Game of Thrones, uh, I recommend The Fever Dream, uh, which is a vampire book. Um, but uh, I, I read an article that made me laugh because of these conversations I've had surrounding George R. R. Martin. And what it said is George R. R. Martin successfully finishes writing a two paragraph blog. Because mm-hmm. uh, when Elden Ring, when Elden Ring got announced and stuff, he did a thing talking about it. And, uh, it was literally like two paragraphs. It was like nothing. It's like, oh, all right, George. Now, can we please get Winds of Winter? <laughs> it's like I remember not too long, uh, a couple. I think it was a couple years ago, where he, which he said um, he was. It's like if he doesn't finish it by X date, then he then the fans have full right in order to shove him into a cabin and lock him in there until he finishes it. It's like that date has long passed. So uh, when you when you get them them cabin keys, homie, um, but. Yeah, like it's always been. It's, I mean, like it's not as you said. It's kind of a strength, but it's always been like. But I've always had that level of detachment for most things. Like even when like some people will attach like intense emotions into like songs and shit with like their former relationships or something. Because I actually ended up making like a kind of like mild post about this a while ago on Facebook or some shit. But um, even with something like that, it's just like I'm always able to detach any level of emotion I would possibly have towards what a situation was when I was listening to a particular song and yeet that out the fucking window in order to be able to just enjoy the song as as itself as a work. <laughs> it's like it's it's for better. It's kind of one of the things for better or worse, because I guess that kind of goes into the whole detachment of between like people that I can have at times. But that's a different matter entirely regardless back to the original plot of all this betty white's going to be missed it's really unfortunate that she died shortly before her 100th birthday and i kind of knew that this shit was going to happen unfortunately when i saw the post that came up on like the 26th i think it was from people magazine maybe when she had her final interview what ended up being her final interview um about becoming 100 like still feeling like really strong and everything and just like wow that just is a strong reminder of the fragility of human life huh <laughs> seriously i remember i read that interview too actually before she died because uh she she talked about ryan reynolds mm-hmm. and there's like the whole thing between her and ryan reynolds and uh and she said she said i love ryan but somebody else i forget who the other person is is still the one 
Um, and so it's just really cute and funny. I like her a lot. But <clears throat> uh, so rest in peace, Betty White. Beyond that, the uh, so Ghost, it is the new year. It is the second of the year. By the time this comes out, it'll probably be the third or the fourth. I'm going to try to get it cut very quickly. What uh-huh. happened is um, every new year, most people make resolutions. And so I want to this year, I want to try to initiate you into the Pope way of doing resolutions. Okay. So the problem with resolutions is that you make them, you forget them, you never accomplish them, and you make the same resolution every year. So accepting that, what I do is I don't make a resolution on what I'm going to do. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to make 25,000 episodes of Beetlecast. I'm going to, you know, do this or that. I make resolutions on, and I'm not making this up, Ghost. I make mm-hmm. resolutions on what I'm not going to do. Not going to do, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> so, my New Year's resolution here, my New Year's anti-resolution, which is here and is documented forever, I am not going to learn Russian. Okay, Ghost Buddy, <laughs> what is yours? Uh, yet, uh, uh-huh. yet, yet, yet. Nah. Um, Suka! <laughs> Suka blot. Uh, um, I don't really have like any type of resolutions that I end up making every year because it's just like, you know, this is one year is just going to roll into the next and there's going to be something new that I'm going to have to learn this year that I didn't know last year. So I'm just kind of always leaving it open. However, I did enjoy the fact that one person I was following online somewhere, they said that their New Year's resolution was to be more of a whore on the internet. And I was like, y- you know what? Okay. I can respect that. I 100% respect that. I stand behind this. <laughs> I, I mean, stand behind, stand in front, lay under, dome on top of. Like, you know, all those are acceptable when it comes to that particular type of goal. But I'm just like, I heard that. I respect it. I respect it. I respect it very hard. Um,. But yeah, as for like anti-resolutions, um, I'm not going to stream less than I did last year. There we go. <laughs> so go. just gonna have to sh- just gonna have to shove in them hours because I looked at the time that I got and I was like 171 hours. I streamed more last year. What the fuck? Oh wait, work fucked me up. Okay, what happens? <laughs> but um. But yeah, so uh, I don't really have any particular type of resolutions I end up holding up to because I'm going to try and just like do better for myself in a general year. And that's always just a general goal that's good to have. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like um, it's really and that's a lot like uh, like something like Valentine's Day. Right. So Valentine's Day, Mm -hmm. uh, besides being single awareness day, is also. It's you're not being the best boyfriend slash girlfriend slash husband slash wife in the world, and you have one day to make up for it day. Um, the better policy is just to be an awesome one year round, and Valentine's Day isn't a huge deal. Nope. Um, unless, unless in the social contract that people have, you can have a payout of getting whatever particular thing you want to do. In that case, hey... This person doesn't normally go on roller coasters. Then they can go on a roller coaster on that day or some shit. That'd be fun. That'd be fun to kind of have a little bit of a little Pavlovian reward system going on for Valentine's Day. Like, That's cool. I mean, like I know that I know that people like the one that people use it for typically. But like I could just see this as like, oh, hey, well, I mean, like. Since we already are trying to fulfill this whole social contract of whatever terms are related to each other or whomever you're dealing with or however many partners you're dealing with on Free that hand jobs. day, <laughs> like if they if they have it, so which like it's been you've been doing the good stuff so far. It's like and you're doing that shit every day, like you're supposed to anyway. It's kind of like eh, uh, that, that that one exception day. That one exception day for whatever it is that you're trying to get to do that you don't get to do that often. Free hand jobs. I'm just, I'm just saying that like a roller coaster or like going to, or doing something that you just don't do normally would be wouldn't be too terrible to do on that. Finger in the like ass. That. 
Uh, I wasn't saying free prostate exams, but you know, go <laughs> off, I guess, Dev. <laughs> no, I'm. I get what you're saying. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, the um, that's the weird thing about actually about being in a relationship for super a super long time. Mm-hmm. Um. So obviously, Tatiana and I have been together over eight years now, and um, sex is no longer good bribery. Um. The, the much better bribery is Taco Bell. Uh, to, <laughs> I mean, just be real. Like, it's it is it's for her, too. Like, there's much better ways to bribe her. Like, if I'm like, if I'm like, if you Instead, wash the dishes. If you wait, wash so, the, <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. Go on. I was, um, I was thinking. So, wait. Instead of. Uh, inst- so, sex, instead of getting your back blown out, you just get your ass blown out. That's, that's, <laughs> that's where the. Okay. I, I see the transitional, like, the transitional exactly. purchase there. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's true, though. Like, if I want to bribe Tatiana, I don't say to her, and this might be different for other relationships. I don't know how you guys are out there doing your stuff. But for me, like, uh, it's like, it's not like, you know, I want her to do something. So I'm like, hey, if you sweep the living room, I'm going to, like, give you, like, a big old heaping helping of cock. Like, she's like, you're probably going to anyway. Like, what's the, say, that's, that's, a, that's a transaction. That's a business transaction. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the the contract, you know, so uh, instead it's more like, okay, I'll go to the store and get you some Sour Patch Kids. And it's like, okay, well, it's negative 12 degrees outside right now, so you going to the store actually has some kind of value. It's fun, man, but uh, so <clears throat> the uh, I actually did decide that I was going to pick up a new skill. Oh, yeah? And, mm-hmm. And uh, because uh, something that I've noticed, uh, you know, with beetle milk, we do the occult stuff, right? So the, mm-hmm. the Satanism and the witchcraft and the tarot cards, all that good stuff. Well, I wanted to expand my occult knowledge. And so what I started looking into was alternative forms of occult that aren't necessarily what people associate with a cult. So if you take a look at something like hermetics, which stems from um which stems from Egypt, or you take a look at um eastern occultism, uh which comes a lot from China and Japan, then uh that's not something that necessarily is as sexy to slap on a t-shirt as a picture of Baphomet. But with that said, and guys, if I'm talking weird, like I can't I'm not monitoring myself, I can't hear myself. So I'm just trying to do the best I can with the situation I'm in right now. So if I'm talking weird, please excuse me. Um, but uh, what's going on is uh, I decided that I was going to learn some other forms of occult, not for beetle milk and not for to turn it into profit, but actually for my own edification. And so with that goal in mind, I sat down with the Chinese I Ching and um, I learned how to do divination with the Chinese I Ching. Mm-hmm. I've actually been doing divination every morning using the three corn method. And it's very, very fascinating because if you look outside of stuff like Satanism, um, which Satanism is atheistic, uh, generally speaking, modern Satanism, then you start to see these repeating factors. They're repeating, they're repeating. And it's interesting because hermetics, and the Kybalian, which is from Hermetics, uh, you know, Blavatsky contributed to it as well, as well as Manly P. Hall. Uh, so Hermetics, the uh, the I Ching and kind of Chinese, the method of divination and uh, even something as far as Christianity, they all actually circle around the same theme. And the theme consistently is as above, so below, as in heaven, so in earth. And um, I've been like, I've been like that meme with the woman with the numbers in front of her face, man. Because like, <laughs> I um, like I, I did yesterday. I did a reading on myself because me and Tatiana have been going through some challenging stuff. Mm-hmm. And the reading on myself was exact. There are sixty three different hexagrams you can get when doing a reading with the I Ching. 
and about four of them deal with the type of situation that I'm dealing with right now. Mm-hmm. And I got one of those four. For any mm-hmm. of you interested, the hexagram I got was hexagram number three, which is, I believe, called... It depends on the translation, but I believe it is called Difficulty. Um, let me... Actually, I have the reference book in front of me right now. So for anybody who's interested, if you if you find this stuff interesting... Now, it, it had a changing. Um, I Ching actually is... It's the book of changes, and so um, it uh, it accounts for changes in life, and so you basically have your initial hexagram, the changing hexagram, and then the final hexagram, and so the first one I got was uh, difficulty, or in this translation, beginning, and um, it's like so exact that it's creepy, like it's like you're going through some shit. Life is really shitty right now, but if you do the right thing and you stand by what you believe, you'll get through it. That's literally what my reading said. And um, then I started reading some of another translation and it started talking about the as above, so below. And I've been living with a lot of fear recently, ghosts, like a lot of fear, like fear of the future, fear of my health, fear of a lot of stuff. And... There's like all these signs that have been coming to me. Like, I, uh, we got that contest coming up on February 1st for Beetle Malt. Mm-hmm. And my favorite design so far has been, oh, well, actually, my favorite design in general, they've all been turned in, is, um, is by Toxic Bard. It's the mm-hmm. Sucky Baby with Be Not Afraid and then the angel behind it. And um, I made that my de- my wallpaper on my phone because I like it so much, and I'm probably going to get it tattooed on me. And uh, I already asked for permission. They said yes. And um, I was sitting there stressing because, you know, the stuff we talked about before we got on here, Ghost. And um, I looked at my phone, and there it was in gigantic letters, Be Not Afraid. Like, right there. Like, Toxic Bard, if you listen to this, like, that's amazing. You know what I mean? And, like, I realized that, like, everything from the I Ching to this picture to life in general is trying to tell me just to stick by my guns and do what I need to do despite the fact that I'm scared. And that's even more scary. <laughs> like, you know? Like, it's even more scary to assume that there's some kind of universal force or belief that's kind of going in there but um if you want me to ghost i'll do i'll do a i'll do a reading on you not right now it takes too long but um okay yeah we can set that up at some point yeah that'll be fun we should do like a little special uh like a special short beetle cast where i just do your reading for you and um and uh that'll be fun um i've been practicing with it i'm still trying to memorize all the memorize all the uh the hexagrams but um that is one of my goals for the year is to memorize all of the hexagrams in the I Ching so that I can look at what I get for my reading mm-hmm. and know exactly what it says before looking in the book. Um, and then after that, I'm going to memorize the entire tarot deck and what the tarot cards mean because the concept's the same, actually, with the I Ching. The hexagrams changing is a lot like a tarot card being upside down. So... Huh. Yeah, it's, dude, it's all connected. It's all connected. I believe it. I mean, like, a lot of, um, like, just in general, mythologies change between culture to culture only by, like, the super present text, like, changing a name or changing, like, the position of something in a certain direction or things of that sort. But the underlying messages or stories or underlying like meanings of certain things pretty much stay the same between culture to culture to culture, just with some level of variation. So I get it. It's been freaking me out, man. <laughs> it's been literally freaking me out. I can't deal with it. Like, I cannot deal with it. Because it's like you start like when you start reading all this stuff, like you and getting into it and acknowledging it. And then going so far as to learn how to do it, like, for example, 
I did a reading on Tatiana yesterday, which um, mm-hmm. came up with different hexagrams. And the hexagrams were perfectly mirrored. And then they changed, and they were still perfectly mirrored. And the statistical possibility of that, the statistical way of it being like that, is not very high. Like, it's like, what is this thing trying to tell me right now? You know what I mean? Or am I just making it up in my head and it's just a few lines with some dots on a piece of paper? I don't know. Mm, you know? I mean, like, there's, like, that's kind of the big thing. It's kind of one of the things that kind of drives people for multiple ways of living because of what they don't know. However, the biggest problem is that the people who are too stupid to not know that they don't know. <laughs> and while in comparison, if you're smart, you automatically feel dumb because there's so much that you don't know. So, yeah, it I I can I can jive with that train of thought. <laughs> Makes sense. There's actually there's a name for that phenomenon which I forget the name off the top of my head. Maybe you know it goes, but it's it's um basically the more people think they know about a subject, in actuality upon testing, the less they know. And and so it's like a when you talk to somebody and you say, Hey, did you know that Ra is the sun god of Egypt? And they're like, Look, I already know everything there is to know about Egypt. I already know all there is to know about Egypt. Then you ask him who Seth is and they have no idea because like it's an actual phenomena like where people learn a little tiny bit about something and they think that they know everything there is to know about it. And uh, you see it a lot in politics, actually. The Dunning-Kruger effect, I think is what it's called. Yes, Dunning-Kruger. Thank you. Absolutely. It's it's like a, it's like a curve. And the curve yeah. is the the because you're exactly right. The more you learn about something, the more humble you are because you realize there's so much you don't know and you don't understand. And um, that's why uh, that's why maybe I think more people should listen to Socrates or alternately Operation Ivy, who uh, said, <laughs> all I know is that I don't know nothing. Um, <laughs> all I know is that I don't know nothing. Uh, and that's fine. The fool doth think he wise, but the wise man knows himself to be a fool. Shakespeare. <laughs> so, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, and, and like I said, you see it a lot in politics, like people who actually, you know what? Let's actually, let's, let's talk a little bit about that because I, mm. I, I've been finding something really interesting lately, Ghost. And me and Tatiana were talking about it the other night and it kind of freaked me out. All right. I think... I think more things in our world are circles than we give them credit for. And um, I think life is cyclical. I think, um, and that's obvious, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, even like the Chinese thing, you, you look at Chinese literature and it, it says, it, you know, the, the spring, the summer, the, the fall or autumn, and then the winter is just like a life, you know, childhood, you know, growing up, adolescence, teenage years, adult life, and then old, right? Mm-hmm. So it's all cyclical and it all repeats. But in sexuality, I think it's like that too. Sexuality is on a spectrum and there, nobody's perfectly gay or straight. Um, I think that everybody kind of has their own. Some people definitely edge closer to one or the other. But Oh, I'm sure they do edge to one or the other. Oh, uh, yeah, they do. Um, anyway, sorry. Uh, God, I did not mean to use that term, but yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know, edging. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> so uh, I actually saw some edging posts on Reddit for uh, No Nut November when that was going on. And I was of course. Like, you guys are braver than me, man. I'm just trying to get in, get out, take care of business. <laughs> like, the fuck? Um, but um, in politics, what I'm noticing is a lot of my left-leaning friends are leaning so left that they're actually actually becoming fucking conservative. Yeah. They're becoming conservative. They're leaning so left that they're right. Mm-hmm. 
It's insane. Like, and, and it, the <laughs> thing is that it's the worst part about it is that this kind of cycles the way that, like, once again, as you were talking about with circles, I don't want to entirely cut you off, but like, it's it's one of those instances where it's literally you are making the exact same mistakes that people before you did and one of the reasons why the com the statement of those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it is because history just becomes a fucking circle and you end up running into a fucking 360 you but you're the only thing that changes is your viewpoint initially and where you you're trying to start off from but then once that once you you hit a certain peak and congratulations you've gone right back around the circle to where you were originally arguing with somebody else at but you're in their shoes now <laughs> it's insane it's it's and it's weird because like if you think about it right we think about probably think about republicans as people who aren't big fans of free speech um like, uh, for example, I talked to somebody recently, I'm not going to name names, but talked to somebody recently who mm-hmm. was talking about how they heard that the Matrix was uh, the new Matrix movie, which I thought was really good. But they mm-hmm. heard it was like a SJW type like thing, um, which it wasn't. And uh, it's just like conservative no, it was, new outlet. It, it, it was just bad. <laughs> I liked it. But uh, they uh, <laughs> but they were basically saying that like so conservative new, uh, news outlets were like saying that it was just. Like, uh, just completely bowed down to the SJW um, kind of thing. And that's not true. It's just not. Although, uh, the irony of the situation, obviously, is that The Matrix was written by two trans people. And mm-hmm. that um, a lot of it is an allegory for trans life. Mm-hmm. Um, but that person was like, they're like, I just want the SJWs to stop fucking with my movies. And it's like, well, in this particular case, you're dead wrong. So... You got that. So that's a form of censorship, right? Like, stop mm-hmm. putting gay people in movies. Um, stop doing things like that. But get this. The other day, Tatiana is looking at an article on Facebook, which was her first problem, but it's not my place to judge. And it what it was was that uh, there's this video game coming out. And, you, Ghost, you might have seen this because you're real in the loop. Um, but there's a video game coming out. It's a Chinese game. features Chinese characters. It's about China, or at least it's like enough. It's about China enough to where um, it's just wholly China owned. Like it's a wholly mm-hmm. China Chinese project. And I have to get that across well because the characters in the game look Chinese. Now we all yeah. know what a motherfucking Chinese person looks like. Okay, if you're Chinese, there's a certain way you look, and it's not a racist thing or anything like that. It's just how you look. You look different from a white person, or nobody's gonna put Zach next to a Chinese person and get them confused, okay? And that's fine. That's something to be proud of. Both, you you know, Zach's origins and a Chinese person's origins. I mean, I just spent the first half of this podcast talking about Chinese culture and how much I love the divination of it, right? And so the I'm getting to, like, so the point is, is that that's when my mind blew that somebody said in the comments, I swear to you, they said, the characters have the slant eyes the Chinese people have. Like, it's just it's how their eyes are built. And they said the game is racist. <laughs> Written and created by Chinese people. Fully made by Chinese people. I think even in Chinese, as far as the language goes, first of all, China is not known as a powerhouse for games. So word up China. Like, so yeah. okay, that, it, that, that is changing. So um, I, will, I will go into that in a moment, but continue, please. <laughs> and so like, it's just, it's crazy. And, and, and then, so then I saw, no, so I, that was one thing that was just like insultingly stupid. Hey. But then I saw another post. And it was for a new game that's coming out, a roguelike, because basically every game that's coming out now is a roguelike. I've been playing roguelikes for fucking 10 years now, but the rest of the world caught on, and now every game is a roguelike. Um, but the game is called Sandwalkers. Mm-hmm. And the reason is because it takes place in the fucking desert. The desert. Okay. And and it's not even featuring humans. They're not, the characters are not humans. <laughs> and so somebody said in there, that's racist. Huh. Yeah. Huh. And it's huh. like if you can take Sandwalker 
and turn it into another pejorative term that relates to sand in your mind and think that that's the intention of the developers? That's, that's a you problem. You've got that issue, not the developers, <laughs> that's, okay? That's a huge you problem. That is like omega lol. You, you have internalized something so deeply that you are actively the catalyst of a problem. I think that the issue, Zach, is that people... Okay, and this is this is this is kind of my thesis here. Mm-hmm. I think that what's happening is that Republicans, people on the far right, right, mm-hmm. they are getting off on being perpetually angry at um, a lot of different things, like uh, abortion uh, rights or uh, gay rights or um, you know civil rights uh, when it comes to obviously um, black people when it comes to women. In a lot of cases, um, that's why you see somebody like uh, AOC, for example, uh, being attacked so much or Greta, you know, uh, whatever her name is, the climate activist, yeah. because women in power, I think, bother a lot of them uh, or take Killary, which, by the way, Killary is the most uncreative nickname I've ever heard in my life. Um, uh, I mean, we can we can extrapolate that to the whole "Let's Go Brandon" thing as well, because it's like you can you can just say "fuck Joe Biden," you can just say it; it's right there. You don't have to try and hide it. You're not a five year old, are you? You're a five year old mentally. Okay, I understand. You never should have had children. Yeah, but, but yeah. But with that said, the um, I think that like Republicans are really getting off on getting angry about this stuff, and so they like watch five minutes of tucker carlson and you'll see what i'm talking about like tucker is just scum of the earth he's he's a horrible human he lies has admitted to lying on screen and um and people still watch him he's still like the highest rated show actually in america uh which is character yeah but here's the thing i think people on the left are doing the same thing just with different things oh yeah they have been for a while now (laughs) i think they're getting off on getting mad about racism and so getting mad about racism is something we all should do, but there is a limit. So let's but take an example. It's like the, the, it's the, the real quick, the, the biggest issue when it comes for that is not the getting mad at the racism, it's getting mad at perceived racism. Exactly. And that's, that's actually where I was going with that is mm-hmm. you recently had the killers of um, the one gentleman, I forget his name, I believe his first name was Ahmed, the guy who was um, he was running. He was jogging. And then mm-hmm. those dudes pulled up in a truck, in a pickup truck, and a guy was filming it. And they shot him like four times. Um, so that's racism. Those guys were racist scum, and they went to jail for it. Okay? Um, what happened with Derek Chauvin and um, George Floyd? Uh, that was racism. That's real honest-to-Christ racism. It makes sense that that triggered what happened with Black Lives Matters over that summer. Um, back Black Lives Matter, excuse me. But Sandwalkers is not racist. A Chinese game by Chinese people featuring Chinese characters is not racist. What the fuck is wrong with you people? Like, And so the problem is, and this is a, it, it's, it really is a problem. And I wish Beetlecast was more listened to we got we got okay numbers like don't get me wrong like it's not like we're just talking into air here but i really want you guys to think about this if you if i say hey zach it's dark outside right now and you say that's racist because zach is what? you know obviously black he's african american <laughs> No, oh, I'm just, oh I'm using, right, I'm using, right, right. No, 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 no. My brain had to like, I had to like, <laughs> I am so far on the scale of like that is such an innocuous saying that I had to like rewind my brain to yeah. figure out why someone would think that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but that's what I wanted. I wanted something this uh, this obviously innocuous, and yeah. um, and so, but then you say it's racist, um. And I'm just using this as an example. And you say, okay, that's racist. And then suddenly there's a hashtag, stand up for ghost body. And there's like um, like all this good stuff, right? Well, you know what that does? That takes away that takes else. away the message. <laughs> and it dilutes the message when it comes to people getting shot by cops on site, on the streets. 
Do you see what I'm saying? Like it's it it dilutes the message because the fact is is there is very real problems out there with homophobia, with racism, with sexism, with misogyny. Like it's all out there. It's all a problem. But the more you try to find anything that could possibly be racist, so that hopefully your comment will go viral, it's um, it's it's diluting the message for the people who are actually suffering it. And so it sucks too because there's every chance in the entire universe that Ghost Body has actually dealt with real honest to Christ racism. And and but taking something innocuous and another thing too, guys, is punishing people who aren't doing anything wrong for doing nothing wrong makes them extremists in their own way. And that's how you start getting some of these hard right people who because a lot of the people on the hard right like the far right, like they feel like no matter what they do, they're going to be labeled racist rednecks. And so it's a violent reaction to that. You're shooting yourselves in the foot. Yeah. And I encourage you, if you're going to, if you're going to like get involved with this argument, I encourage you to look for the real problems. But you know why I don't think people do it? Because it's, it's difficult and takes effort. It's difficult and takes effort. It's really easy to go on Twitter and be mad at whatever everybody's mad at that day. You know, um, it's very difficult to actually pay attention to what's really going on and place your anger and your hate and your spite somewhere more productive. And uh, I, I'm ashamed. I'm kind of ashamed of my friends on the left because I get looked at because I consider myself left leaning, too. But. I get looked at by people as somebody like that who just has a hair trigger and gets mad at everybody over everything. The truth is, is that I, you know, I don't feel like that. I feel like there's very real problems. And first of all, how far can I go to fix them? Because like I, I might not have any ability to fix them, but where I can put it should be put into people who need it. And so instead of mouthing off on Twitter about like something you're angry about, why don't you give five dollars to the fucking Trevor Project? You know what I mean? Why don't you like give some money to the NAACP? Like, you know, like why don't you do something actually effective instead of whining and crying all day and then getting your little fucking social media rocks off on it? You know, I when I was younger, I got into a lot of that, too. I can't talk too much shit because I would jump on every bandwagon as well but age has kind of taught me a little bit differently um anyway i'm sorry guys what were you gonna say bud uh i i honestly kind of forgot but um yeah i mean this is it's one of those things where for me i just every time i end up seeing like someone overreacting i just look at them and just think why what in your life made you internalize such an extremist view in one way or another that has at this point prompted you in order to join the screaming guttural masses online to say something about something that actively does not matter like or if it is something that is actually important what led you to the point of believing that this stance is the one that's going to actually get people to listen to you? Because more often than not, the while the person yelling and screaming one on one side or another is going to, and not even just like one side or another in the political sense, but just like in general, uh, the person yelling is going to end up getting attention, but it's not going to get people to actually listen. They're not. Like, there are some that will, and those people end up becoming fanatics, and those are also the ones who are probably going to light themselves on fire in the middle of the street. But, and to them, I say, well, you're probably better off for it. One less person that we had to deal with that's going to end up that's going to end up producing another person that tries to do this type of thing. But when people are pushing themselves towards extremism in any light or on any sub on any topic or subject. It's only going to lead to ruination of whatever the conversation is, and it's just going to end up leading it to devolve into a screaming match that was at one point could have been civil and could have actually had some type of progress pro provided onto it by the denizens involved. It's 
really disappointing in order to see people so focused on the minute and granular details of something and not being willing to see the larger picture. Like, there's a lot of people who end up up and screaming something is like, oh, that's terribly racist. It's like, no, that's a classist matter. And that also ends up leading into another element that you're so not willing to look at because it makes your life comfortable or you don't see outside of that system. And that, that is, I think, a huge, huge, huge issue also is that you guys have to understand like that I talk to a lot of people who just cannot comprehend any situation outside of their own for better or worse. And it's the challenge is actually putting yourself in the shoes of another human and trying to understand why they feel about something. Even somebody you hate, like even somebody who you find their beliefs abhorrent, like, um, let's uh, let's take something i i do not on principle agree with any homophobic person uh if you hate gay people i just i disagree with you there's there's no point of agreement there but with that said i know people that are homophobic because they got raped when they were young i know people that are homophobic because they're just deeply religious and that's just a part of their religious belief i know people i know a lot of different people with a lot of different reasons and while I don't agree and never will agree with the end result of it, it doesn't mean that I can't try to understand why. Because uh, it doesn't – just because somebody is homophobic or they have racist tendencies or whatever else, it doesn't make them evil. It doesn't make them a terrible human being. Um, it just it, – it means that they've got their own shit that they're dealing with because I think that hate – doesn't come naturally to humans i think is something that's learned is something that's taught and so take kkk right take the ku klux klan those cats the reason that they are the way they are is because they're locked in an echo chamber and that echo chamber is saying the whole thing the whole time like the great replacement theory is what's going around right now in republican circles like uh minorities are trying to take over america from the white people uh they seem to have failed to notice that that uh America was always considered a melting pot and uh, it's been happening for like 50 years now. Get over it. But the thing is, is why is that an issue? And the conclusion that I come to and me and Tatiana came to is that um, the reason it's an issue and the reason it's scary is because white people have a lot to answer for and they're afraid of having to answer for it violently. So, a um, <laughs> real quick in cut here. Um, basically, there was a video on TikTok I was wa- I was watching, and the person brought up a very good way in order to think of this for the modern person. Uh, and I'm and I modified it a little bit. So, white people for the longest were in the fu- in the fuck around era. <laughs> And oh, they're about to be the find out tra- transitioning <laughs> into the find out epoch. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> so yeah, it, that's that's they ran the course. <laughs> they fucked around. They still fucking around, but currently that tra- that period is moving to you about to find out. <laughs> And it brings up another thing, too, which is the idea of he doth protest too much. Mm-hmm. So if you say, oh, well, are you uh, are you ashamed of maybe some of the history of America and the way we've acted towards not only, you know, obviously black people, but um, Asian people. Everyone. Too. <laughs> um, yeah, basically everybody who isn't us. Um, and then not only that, but... Uh, and by us, I mean white people because I am a white person. Um, but not only that, but think about the way like people, Irish people are treated when they first, you know, immigrated over here. Um, although not nearly as bad as some other races. I'm not trying to say that at all. Irish people were never locked in camps and they were never enslaved. Um, but my point is, is that um, it's like, so you say like, uh, well, maybe do you feel bad about that? And it's like, no, 
Why would I feel bad about it? That's the history of my country. I'm proud of my country. My country's the greatest country ever. If you don't like it, get the fuck out. Sorry, bro. He doth protest too much. <laughs> like, you need to do some deep, deep, deep mental analysis and try to figure out what your issue is. But I can tell you what it is. I think at heart, a lot of people know that they're, that America, the vision they were sold of America is a lie. It has not been true since the end of World War II. Because at the end of World War II, obviously, we were kind of the world saviors. Like, we went in, we kicked Hitler's ass, you know, with the help with the Red Army, uh, which is which, interesting. Um, in that instance, there's... There's there's some varying levels of truth to that, but I mean Japan like, obviously probably like, doesn't feel that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like, but there, but there are some variations where much like, oh, the U.S. like they had their big damn heroes moment, but they also stayed out of the war long enough in order to not have to do much of anything until Pearl was attacked, and then that's when there was one of the catalysts in order to actually get into it and then exploit other people and also have prison camps for Asian Americans that were in California. So. <laughs> Oh, so we pulled an apple. We waited yeah. for everybody else to make the mistake, so we came in and just kind of polished it up a little bit and sold it back to the public. Polished it uh, up, sold it back, made us look like really, really important, still did terrible things here. <laughs> I say this as I sit here with tons of Apple gear. Mm-hmm. Um, but so that's the thing, is it? Is it? but I would say that... So there's actually very interesting stuff when it comes to World War II. And how we handled it. Um, Because I think that a a big myth is that we took it lightly as a country. That like uh, the bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki especially. um, Which I consider one of the greatest war crimes in history. But there was actually reasons for it. And those reasons turned out to be correct. Um, Japan was never going to give up. They were never going to stop. Japan is a culture of people who do not stop. They will give their women and children AKs and guns and they will fight to the last person. And so that kind of got them off the map really quickly. I'm not saying it's right, but that's the kind of math that they were doing. My point is, is that after that, um, after World War II, we generally were considered, except by maybe somewhere like Germany, uh, who had to rebuild, or Japan, who had to rebuild, um, we were considered to be pretty badass. And um, we had a boom economy after the war, and we had all this stuff happen. And so suddenly we are a leader. We're a world leader. And um, the thing is, I think we've been trying to coast on that reputation since World War II. And uh, the truth is, it's just not true anymore. Uh, In education, we are not a world leader. In technology, we're not a world leader. Our medical system is world-leading, but at a high, high, high cost to our, to our citizens. Um, we uh, are a center for religious extremism. Um, religiosity is not a bad thing. Religious extremism is, and uh, it's just not good. So my point is, is that like, but since we're kids in America, we're all sold the same kind of idea. Uh, America is the greatest country in the world. We're the freest country in the world. We've got all this stuff going for us, and the rest of the world is jealous of us. I remember being told this very often when I was a kid, especially because I went to military, uh, ran schools. Um, that's None of that's true. It's just not true. People in Switzerland are fucking laughing at us. Like, <laughs> mm. people in Germany are laughing at us. Like... <laughs> You know, Germany built themselves back up to be one of the greatest countries in the world. Japan? Don't even get me fucking started on Japan. Like, Japan bounced back completely. Like, like we're a joke. And and so, like, anybody unwilling to admit that to themselves and say, okay, like, any country that's willing to let Donald fucking Trump become president and then attempt to overturn an election, which we're almost at the anniversary of, uh, in order to keep this reality star jackass in office, like guys, I'm sorry, America's done. Like, move to Germany, move to Europe. Like, I, I'm not gonna lie, there have been a couple of different times where I've considered just because, like, oh, student debt, huh? Oh, well, if I'm not reporting anything on my financials from the U.S., then I mean, <laughs> that means I don't have to pay anything, and I can yeah. actually live a life. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I, I keep trying to talk Tatiana into moving somewhere international. She's not having it though. She wants to stay here. It's unfortunate. Yeah. This it sucks. All right. So with that said, with that on that very happy, high, uh, well done, happy, <laughs> uh, just awesome note of positivity, <laughs> of brightness. He doth protest too much. <sighs> um, it is time for us to call it. Zachary Ghostbody, Ghostbody, my friend, my beautiful co uh, I almost called you co worker, which kind of in Beetle Cast you are, as well as Beetle Mope, but still, uh, co host. Do you have any shout outs that you want to give this week? Um, shout out to the people who actually end up like somewhat consistently popping up in my like random ass streams, and also the people who like consistently who are like there, even if you're not always there, the people who are just there in general in order to like. Hang out, shoot the shit, like stream with, and things of that sort. Because um, I'm really glad to have like the people that I do that hang out with me, like whenever they can to do so. Especially with how slapdash my schedule is whenever it comes to me being able to stream, and also just like general like hanging out socially. Because I have a lot of like really cool people who um, like do a lot of shit that they really don't have to in my general direction um just to like be around i'm just like you you really don't have to but they're just going to anyway so i definitely appreciate that so shout out to them good deal for those of you who want to be a part of that shout out uh that's very simple just go to twitch.tv slash ghostbody um and that is where he does his streaming uh and uh also if you want to check out another twitch stream uh twitch.tv slash i'm just kidding i don't have one uh and don't plan on having one uh as far actually as my... i need to talk to tatiana about doing shit on there for art <laughs> yeah you should you you absolutely should she has the time no, as she to, didn't before yeah as to her like streaming some of her artwork and streaming like some of stuff she's doing because she uh that that's that's uh the art category is actually pretty popping recently and Not also you're just talking can, and shoot so yeah she can like maybe let a little nipple show you know what i mean like N- that's that's on a different website that's a fansly matter mate that is not a uh that is not a twitch <laughs> oh i thought twitch did that i thought twitch was no, down with that life no no they're not oh. female presenting nipples are a problem <laughs> oh well it's not a problem as far as i'm concerned um with that said uh the uh, so as far as my shoutouts go, uh, my shoutouts are actually to um, everybody who has uh, stuck with Beetle Milk over the last year. Um, it's been a rough. It was a rough year, and uh, we didn't really talk about it too much. We talked about it occasionally, but not too much, um, just because we don't like putting all our problems and issues on everybody else. Mm-hmm. But um, it was a really rough year, and um, for a variety of reasons. And we are lucky enough to have a core group of fans and friends who look after us and kind of, you know, keep up with us and make sure everything's good and go through and, you know, buy stuff on the website and stuff like that when they see something they like. Um, we are going to be in attempting to pay back some of that generosity by doing this community event that we have coming up on February 1st. Uh, just a quick description of it. We reached out to the people on our Discord server. And we said, hey, guys, design a shirt for us. And uh, the qualifications, it just has to have a su- it just has to have like a sucky baby or beetle milk character, or beetle milk logo and have your name X beetle milk. And then we will put it out and pay the creator on a 50 50 split. And mm-hmm. so um, it's a, it was very ambitious. It was Tatiana's idea. And it's kind of one of our ways of giving back because what will happen is people are going to sell shirts and they'll get paid off of them. But then the people who do the best, we're actually going to make additional merch for them mm-hmm. as well. And so we are going to be regularly engaging more community events um, in order to give back to the people that have been so generous to us. We we look back at the numbers and we look back at the Discord. Like I'm looking at the Discord right now and there's just like people talking and just having a good time, just getting to know each other. And me and Tatiana haven't always been the most present because of things that are going on in our lives. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we just really appreciate it. I just really appreciate it. 2022 is going to be a very fun year for Beetle Milk because we made some changes in our personal life that will allow us to be more dedicated to Beetle Milk. Um, and they cause stress in other ways, but that's okay. And uh, so 
look forward to that and look forward to being a part of it and uh if you want to and other than that we just we really appreciate all y'all and uh all of the listeners to Beetlecast as well so much love this has been pope uh that guy over there he's over like seriously just look to your right he's right there is ghost body and um i don't know how he got there don't ask me uh he's a ghost ghost look i don't understand the science behind it only he does um i've been pope he's been ghost body ghost body's been ghost body i've been pope have a beautiful beautiful night and we will see you next week peace laters wait do not go we need to talk Go to www.beaglemilk.com for more Pope. Go to twitch.tv slash ghostbody for more match. The robot apocalypse is coming. Hide your daughters. Hide your wives. Hide your puppies. Wait, I didn't mean that last part.